25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I am your host, Jay Delsing. I'm here with my buddy, John Perlis. Good morning, Perley. Absolutely good morning. Looking forward to this show. Lots and lots of stuff to cover. And we'll cover some of the notes and we won't cover some of the other notes. Right, we have our notes and then we wander <laughs> off into tangents. We make things up, folks. And, um, well, thanks for joining us. We've formatted uh, the show just like a, uh, one of your typical rounds of golf this First segment is called On the Range. It's brought to you by 20 Minutes to Fitness. 20 Minutes to Fitness once a week. That's all you need. 20 Minutes to Fitness, it works for me. Well, if we look at a kind of an overview of the show, I'm really excited to talk about uh, uh, some of the content we have. The Florida Swing. The tour is leaving the West Coast. It's, it's, it's gone to uh, Mexico, the World Golf Championship, and now it's going to be down at the Honda uh, Palm Beach Gardens, PGA National, great golf course, the Bear Trap coming in. Man, lots of cool stuff. One thing that, that, that um, well, I, I've got a little comment about uh, uh, Bernard Langer that is going to be kind of fun and probably interesting. It was very interesting to me that, that this happened to me. And then uh, some mini tour conversations that people would be uh, interested in. And um, then we're going to continue our series with Justin Hoagland, the uh, PGA uh, member and uh, city manager down at Golf Tech. Our series called The Basics, How to get, Become More Consistent. It's going to be uh, on, on the show today. And we're also going to talk about golf on tour over 40. We hear a lot of conversations, Pearl, about all these young guys. He's 19, he's 20, he's from here, he's from there. What about the other set? What about the important part? What important about, guys. What about the guys like Phil Mickelson? When in Pebble Beach at 48. What about Tiger Woods? And we've done some research. We've got some cool numbers. We're gonna we're gonna share those with you. And what the prospects look like for Tiger breaking Jack's record. What the prospects of Phil continuing this sort of good play, and for how long. So, um, but let's go back to the Florida swing. Yep. One of the things that um, kind of blew me away, being a Midwestern kid, go out to UCLA. That's a whole nother story. But then you go to Florida. I've never played all that much golf in Florida until I got on tour. That Bermuda grass it was so difficult to, f- to figure out how to play out of. And you know what else, bro? The sand was always different in Florida. The and sand you, in the rough or the sand in the bunkers? Yes. Both. Right. Just the sand. You know, yeah. Florida is just such a the, – the, the terrain and the ground is just such a sand-based – it just was a lot to deal with. If you haven't played down there, yeah, between the types of grass, which we're going to talk about, but even the sand, if you will, between the grass when you're in the rough. You know, Midwest, it might sit down on the dirt, in essence, uh, low in the grass. But down there, you're low in the grass and you're on sand. It's just a whole different feel. Sometimes you feel like you just absolutely smashed it to get out there, and it goes about 50 yards short of what you thought you were yeah, going to get. It just goes nowhere. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, so what is the just, Florida Swing, Jay? What's, what, what's the sequence of tournaments? So what we're going for, we've got the Honda. Okay. Then we move up to have Mr. Palmer tournament up at Bay Hill. Then they head over to uh, Valspar. 
which is in the uh, West Coast over in Tampa. And then I believe they swing out to San Antonio for the Texas Open and then go to – no, no, that's not right, folks. I've got that wrong. It goes from – it goes um, Valspar and then the players. Here we because go. So that's be a little careful new, on our details here. That's this right. Is so don't double-check us on this, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that's what it is because this, this year, it, um, that's exactly what um, uh, the players has moved. And so it, it actually is going to go – I got it. the sequence just a little wrong. It goes Honda, Mr. Bumbush Tournament at Bay Hill, the Players' Championship at Jacksonville, and then over – to the um, West Coast in Valspar. And then there's another World Golf Championship at um, uh, Austin. So, yeah, that's what the Florida Swing looks like. It's um, – I got to tell you this, this story quickly. I'm, I'm not – the Honda tournament is now at a great home, great golf course. Jack and Barbara Nicholas's foundation has just got this tournament rocking down there. They're making a bunch of money for the children's hospitals, and Jack and Barbara just couldn't do more. The players loved going over there. Great event, great venue. But before that, when we were playing, it moved around quite a bit. We were playing at this place one time called Weston Hills. Not a bad golf course. Not bad at all. And for some reason, Pro, you know how weird it is on tour. Sometimes you'll go out and there'll be, it just feels like there's thousands of people playing. There's not. There's 150 players, but it feels like. And then every once in a while you go, gosh, this place is deserted. Yeah. Well, it was one of those afternoons. I was by myself, my caddy and I, and I was just trying to figure out how to pitch the ball and chip the ball out of this Bermuda rough. And I and I actually got really good at it. I actually did. It took me a while. We talked a little bit about the fundamentals, trying to figure that out. But I get a tap on my shoulder. I'm just doing this. And I turn around, and it's Bernhard Langer. And Bernhard Langer, uh, my rookie year on tour, I played with him like, I don't know, four, five, six times, maybe even seven times. It's just odd how that worked out. Very nice man. I have a lot of respect for him, and we got along very well. And he said to me, I'm, I'm watching how well you do that. Can you, can you help me? And I'm thinking to myself, this is a man. Now, right now, Pearl, this man has won over 100 events around the world. Let's go back to 19, what was this? Probably 1985, 86, 87, something like that. So he's won how many? 50? Probably. I don't believe he'd won the Masters yet but I think he might have won it that year. And he asked me to help him with his chipping and pitching. That's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It really was. And um, talks tells a lot about his confidence and trust in you in general, but here's a, a, a world, world-class top, top guy, top of his game, and he's always searching for that, that next little edge, that one anything. little thing he might not understand or have tried. That's right. Looking for one thing yeah, that, that might have helped. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Well, let's, let's continue with um, – the uh, let's go visit with Justin Hoagland and continue with uh, the series that we created called The Basics and how to become more consistent with your golf game. Well, we started our series last week um, about trying to help people get more consistent with their golf game. And you had a cool acronym. Share that acronym with us one more time, please. Well, yeah, just to just to let people know, we, we had uh, mentioned the acronym GASP, G-A-A-S-P. And we use that as just a, a baseline um, for people, for players to really start off well. Um, you gotta, you got to know how to hold the golf club. Uh, you got to know how to aim the golf club and to align your body to the target line, to provide a good stance, that's the S, and P is posture. And uh, 
if we can talk about grip a little bit, look, grip is not a universal thing. However, what we have found is that, that when, when players come uh, in first, we find that, and I know you've seen this, um, their grips are far too weak or, or open-faced prone throughout their swing. So, And so when we turn their hands in a particular place on the grip, um, getting getting it stronger uh, in in relationship in relationship to uh, right and left. If you move the hands more right on the golf club, it effectively makes it more hook face or stronger natured. That's generally better for best players uh, because it allows for the face to be able to close and to rotate better at the point of impact. So if you air, airing stronger is generally better. Um, we also find that players come in and, and grip the golf club too much in the palms. Um, you know, whether you've got a 10-finger uh, a baseball grip or an interlocking grip or, or the most popular, the Varden grip or overlap grip, um, doesn't matter. Um, the method employed to square the golf club doesn't really matter. It's just that we can get the hands to produce good movement and speedy movement through impact while squaring the club face. That's really what matters. And so... Um, uh, the functionality of the, of the hands as it attaches to the grip, very important for every player. And that's one of the first things, if not the first thing, that we always look at. You know, it's real interesting, Pearl. I see on on the tour, Corey Pavin comes to mind, Larry Mice, very few players. My grip might be a tad on the weak side. Very few players anymore have a weak grip. I think it's really important. For the amateurs, if you're going to err on one side or the other with your grip is to make it stronger. Totally agree. It makes it so much easier to get that club face square through that hitting area, and it's a stronger feeling. So, okay, you might have a trouble hooking, but you see so many amateurs struggle with the fade and the slice. And it's not that you can't fade or slice still with a weak grip, but it it's easier, I feel like, if that... For a right-handed golfer, if that left hand's on that grip a little stronger, it's just easier to, f- to feel like what square is for that club face. And for more power at the end of the day, for the most part, right? Right. And you're talking about mo- a more consistent hit, a more solidly struck tee shot. I, I think the game demands it uh, nowadays. Equipment says it. It's a power game. Uh, and and you weaken that up. I mean, the irony is there again with you a little bit different, a little bit on the weak side, but you you still had power. But you don't see a lot of guys, hardly any, with power that have weak weak grip. No, and I mean a guy in our generation that's just so, still ultra powerful is a guy like Fred Couples, and he's got an incredibly strong, strong grip. And I can and, remember back in the day when oh, he'll never make it because of that grip. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we were talking. So, so far, he so far he's made it. Well, you know, it might not make it tomorrow. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for the for the on the range segment. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but come back for the front nine. This is golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Doster Olam and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. 
The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I want to introduce you to Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. When I bought a new house a few years back, Joe provided me with a pre-approval letter that changed my buying experience. The real estate agents and the seller treated me as if I was a cash buyer. The sale went smoothly. I love my new digs and want to thank Joe and his team for giving me the highest quality of service and attention possible. Joe has been a loan officer for 25 years. He is a top producer for USA Mortgage and a true expert in the field. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and locally operated, and all processing, underwriting, and closings take place right here in St. Louis. Call Joe at 314-628-2015, and Joe's NMLS number is 281113. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John here. This segment's called The Front Nine, and each week we pick an email. If your email's read online, you're going to get free golf, Gateway National, for two. Compliments of Walters Golf Management. This week's winner is Jerry. He says, what was the most difficult thing for you to adjust to once the Florida swing began? I hear the differences and have only been to Florida one time. Great question. Yeah, it's a great question. So early in my career, the thing that stood out the most, and Jerry, thanks so much for this email, was the time change. I was still living in California at the time. I just graduated from college. I hadn't moved back to St. Louis, and the time change just you know, because I, I I wasn't going to bed early. And, you know, so if you stay up to 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock uh, California time, you move over to, you know, Orlando, and all of a sudden midnight down in Orlando is, I mean, midnight in California is 3 o'clock in Orlando. And you've got to wake up for it. I, I remember struggling and feeling tired and not being able to sleep and things like that. And the grasses were a big concern, but, man, I had to get my body clock right. It just felt like I couldn't relate too much without you know that rest that I needed. Well, there's a lot of stuff. I took a, a different route. We're both Midwest guys, uh, and I went to school in U- University of South Florida in Tampa my first year. So here I go from Midwest conditions down there, and then end up over at UCLA, and then come back for mini tours when we both played mini tours in uh, in Florida, and have all kinds of uh, of fun fun things that went on with that. The grass was was crazy for me. The the grain. You know, you you hear a lot about uh, about uh, putting uh, for the grain and trying to understand that and read the grain and stuff. And at the end of the day, you could you could read it. You, you know, you look at it. And if it's shiny, you're going with it. If it's a little bit darker, and then if you're going across it, you could kind of get to that. But I'll tell you what: to actually get your brain 
your whole life kind of have this sense of what a three or four footer is. And then it's completely different whether you're into the grain or, or away from the grain. And that messed with my head nonstop. Well, we also have to mention the agronomy aspects of the game, like they are now, and the different versions of the Bermuda grasses. Champions Bermuda is phenomenal, and they can speed that up. We're playing our greens down in Orlando on these in a couple of mini tour events that we played in, and the greens were running about a four, yeah, or a six. And chipping into them, I was just that was I wanted to finish a little bit of a point. The putting is a huge difference, but trying to chip into what would seem like a relatively easy chip if you got used to the grass you're chipping out of, it seemed like an easy chip, but you're chipping into the grain versus with the grain, that can really mess you up. And there's plenty of times when you're into it for a certain 10 feet and then all of a sudden you're with it, you better fly that thing the right way or that's how things can get really weird really quick. A couple things stick out in my mind about these mini tours. First of all, guys that we went down, his name, there was a guy named J.C. Goosey, used to run this tour, I'm, I'm sure it's not around anymore. But he played the tour, I think, for one or two years. And I'll never forget, you had to go through this orientation process. And he said, you know, hi, I'm J.C. Goosey, and this is my tour. And and I just want you to know, I'm the leading money winner out here. And always will be. And I always will be. That's what he said. You got that straight right away. So um, I, I got a kick out of that. The other thing, you know, Pearl, on tour, there's the idea of you have certain horses for courses. So... You know, Tiger Woods, obviously, you'd talk about uh, Akron. He's won there multiple times. San Diego, six, seven times, a major championship there. Bay Hill, six or seven times. You know, when you when you won 80 events like Tiger has, you get these multiples. But he certainly has, like, his own, like, personal playground sort of golf courses. Down on the mini tours, never forget. I, 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 can, I can remember going back to the place that you and I were hanging out at. And you look at it. I don't think you played that week for whatever reason. And you said, I'd play. So I'd Played pretty well. Would you shoot? I shot, uh, I think I shot 69 yesterday and 68 today. And he goes, well, but, you know, did you make any money? I think I made like $380. And a guy named Dick Mast shot, what did he shoot? 61, 62. I did play that week because I was happy with my 70, 71. And what does that put me? 20 shots behind Dick. And that's only two rounds. I mean, it's like, <laughs> wow, if this, if this thing is a... You know, we just got passed by the uh, the lap car, you know, by... by and they, and they thought nothing of it. And by the way, it wasn't a hard course, but it was windy. It was tournament golf, etc. And, you know, and, and it's interesting because Dick played a little bit on the regular tour, and he's played some on the senior tour, but never a world beater. But down there, to your point, in his backyard, on his courses, world beater. Don't, don't come down here. Yeah. Don't come down here because I, you know, it's kind of like, this is my territory and I own this thing. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. The Florida swing though, to me is some of the best golf of the year. And it just, one of the neat things we talked about the schedule change. We talked about how this Florida swing sets up the schedule change, you know? So we've got, we had the world golf championship in Mexico city. Then they go to Honda. Then we go to Honda then right up the road to, uh, uh, to Orlando and Bay Hill, oh. and then we have the Players' Championship. And what's neat about the schedule change, Pearl, we've got a major – I know officially the Players is not a major tournament, but we've got a major the next one a month. We go from the from the Players in March, beautiful Augusta, can't wait to be yeah. there. Oh, it's just spectacular in May. Father's Day weekend, always just incredible experience. 
the U.S. Open this year at Pebble Beach, you know, and then we have the Open Championship across the pond in Europe. I can't remember the golf course we're playing this year. It's not at St. Andrews, but anyway. And then we have, uh, oh, what, what am I talking about? I can't believe what I just did. I forgot May. May is the biggest change because it goes players. This is the stuff we make up, folks. And I just <laughs> I almost, went for it. I, I, went almost for it. I, I had you hook, line, and sinker, but you're kind of a part of this thing. No, so let's, let's backtrack. We've got the players in March. The next month, I think if I get the calendar straight, is April, and we have Augusta, which I actually got right. What happens in May? I skip from the like we have for the last thirty years. I've skipped from Masters U.S. Open. That's wrong. May comes PGA Championship at Bethpage. Wow. Then yeah. we go to the U.S. Open. Then we go to the Open Championship, and now the Open Championship in July will be the last major championship. And then we're going to wrap up this season in August. I throw in that fishing trip and a couple other things. I'm not going to have time for anything else but golf and a little bit of fishing. This is awesome. I got I got spring summer planned. What about <laughs> what about TPC that time of year? Oh, it's so different. It makes just a gigantic difference because you played a lot of golf in Florida. Jacksonville's northern city. It is not down in Miami where, you know, everything is 70 degrees. It gets it can get dicey, it can get windy, it can get chilly. You want to talk about I mean, you want to talk about a hard finishing that that 17 and 18 to play with a little bit of wind and a little bit of cold. It's not you know, it's not that L wedge up in the air, you know, on, on 17 well, like we've seen. The wind's the great equalizer. It's the only thing that affects those guys. And I would throw in there, as we saw at TPC in Scottsdale, I'll still stand my ground. You cool things off a little bit, it changes too, because that ball doesn't get going. And by the way, our bodies don't move quite the same way as well. So any of the guys that are somewhere pushing 40, that kind of stuff, uh, they're going to be feeling that as well. Yeah, there's no question about that. And there's no doubt that the ball does not perform as well when when the temperature drops below 80. It, do, it just does so not. So when you're used to certain things out there hitting certain distances, once again, yes, you can figure it out. Yes, the guys understand that. But still mentally to pull that trigger and say, yeah, it's cold on uh, 17 TPC sawgrass. And, you know, last year I hit a wedge to the back edge, and now i got to hit a – knock down a little eight or a nine or whatever the number is, right. it's going to be a good club, club and a half different. It still plays with your head big time. And the ball, when the ball not performing like that, bro, you know, when it's hot, that ball, you're going to hit that shot higher. It's going to have more spin on it. It's colder. The ball's going to be hit down a little bit. It's going to want to take that one hop. That one hop can be treacherous. Mm-hmm. As all hell on uh, 17th. I learned that. That's all what makes it fun watching from the couch, baby. I'll tell you what, oh. though, those those situations happen. How many times, Jay, when you watch from the couch, watch watch the tournaments, your hands sweat a little bit or you get a little bit nervous? Does that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. D- definitely does. Um, just playing that, you know, we had the Phoenix Open a while back, and just watching that just still gives me the, the chills and um, really enjoyed that segment with, you know, Amy, the the Down syndrome yeah. person there, but um, it really does. Pro those, I can remember, and we'll talk about this when the players comes around. But I can remember a finish I had at the players. It was just outstanding. I had a couple that weren't so outstanding. I've tried to forget those, but um, you know, it's there's something weird about this game, and I know I have this more than you do, but I can play with you. We can go play. We'll go to the 19th hole. 
and I can tell you every single shot you hit. I can go back and tell you three years ago what you made on that hole. I make a list to go to the grocery store, and I can't even <laughs> re- I can't even remember where my list is. Not much remember what I wanted to get. It's so odd about this game. When I was playing in um, in the pro am, and I've got four amateurs who I don't know. And I can tell you what every one of those guys made on a hole. And I oh my god! And they were hitting it everywhere. Yeah. Really, you can? Yeah. I think I could early on. Nowadays, no. And that's kind of that. That's kind of that age thing, which is kind of where we want to. Oh yeah, it's going to be fantastic. The the next two segments, the back nine and the nineteenth hole, folks. You got to stay with us. We got some great numbers. We're going to talk about playing the tour. As you age and what happens over 40, we're going to give you some statistics. We're going to talk about Phil winning the AT&T championship at 48, Tiger winning the tour championship last year at 42. But just not playing the tour. We're going to talk about playing and you and I playing now and everybody else out there playing right now. You know, what are the challenges that we've all realized from our junior years to, uh, I don't know, close to senior years? Oh, man. I, you know what I love most about this? You're a year older than I am. This is kind of bringing me down. Maybe uh, we, let's get a transition going here. I love that. Well, that's going to wrap up the front nine segment. We're going to take a pause so you can hear from some of the folks that support our show. This is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Are you looking for a golf training facility and PGA pros to help you out year-round? Make sure you get to Golf Tech. They've been in St. Louis since 2007 and have three convenient locations to serve you. They've got state-of-the-art video equipment, and you can take your lesson home with you and replay it as much as you'd like. Start with a golf swing evaluation for only $125 and let a Golf Tech coach customize a game plan for you. 314-721-GOLF. You can find them online as well, golftech.com dash St. Louis. Play better. Swing better. Golf tech. I got a big shout out and a thank you to Whitmore Country Club for supporting my golf show. I don't know if you know, Whitmore Country Club has 72 holes of golf. There's a 24-hour fitness center and has a extremely large pool complex. This is a family-friendly country club to belong to. There's a kid's club in the main clubhouse right near the fitness center. There are golf leagues, skinned games. Members, tournaments, couples, events are available all year long. If you join at Whitmore, you also get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in that membership. There are no food or beverage minimums, no assessments. Go out and see my friend Bummer out in the clubhouse. He is an absolute jewel and a wonderful guy that will tell you all you need to know. Or you can call Whitmore at 636-926-9622. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I've got my favorite caddy, Pearly, here with me. And we are headed to the back nine, Pearl, and we I'm really excited about this. these next two segments. We are going to talk about playing golf as you age, where we, we talk all the time about what the tour players like, the, the, the power game, the youth, the, you know, the physical change in the modern-day player. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. We have Phil Mickelson, just won a tournament a few weeks back. 48 years old, 
Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Shot 65, started started the last round down by three. Shot 65, won by three. And he's 48 years old. His 44th, I checked this. This is not one of those obscure facts. <laughs> we'll see. Try to say could it. Be wrong. We'll, we'll decide yeah, that. It could be wrong. Often wrong, seldom in doubt. You know, that's the way I roll. <laughs> that's your credo. Yeah. He, um, 44th win. Already a Hall of Famer. Incredible stuff. Um, Wait a second. Just a second, because you just mentioned it. Obviously, that happened at Pebble. You love Pebble. You've played Pebble a bunch. I've caddied for you a couple times. How good was that last round? You know, I I threw it out there uh, after TPC that, hey, he looked tired. Can he finish? Does he have enough in the tank to play four rounds? Then he goes out to the place that might take the most out of you, anywhere between the fact that you're playing with amateurs for several days you're playing in cool weather. You're playing, what is it? Is it three different courses, right, that they're playing out there? Correct. All, you got the, the last day, rain delay, messing you up on that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, this guy's going to be completely out of gas. And he was spectacular. And don't forget his second-place finish down at the Desert Classic. He's played twice. He's got a second and a win. And we talked about this earlier in the year with, with one of our first shows. The end of 2018 was a nightmare for him. Yeah, nightmare. Ryder Cup is the you know, but relative to the um, my point is relative to that age, relative to can he hang in there? He hung in there, and arguably, certainly regular season. I mean, other than ma- you know majors, he hung in there beyond not hung in there. He he thrived in it. The shots he hit, uh, that that he made it look so easy. That is so hard, and he made it look so easy and blew the field away. Let me ask you this. You know, they did the Tiger Phil mat the match. I was unimpressed. I, 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 I thought it was. It. More, I refused to watch it. I thought it was more of a money grab than a cash grab than anything. But okay, let's get over that. Before that, last event of the year, TW wins a tour championship. First win, and I, I, I could make up a number, but make it up. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to say? Two years. All right. Let's say two years. That's not, I mean, we know that's not right. But we do know this. It's his 80th t- championship. Mm-hmm. He won the Tour Championship the week before going over to France. And what do you think? I feel like these two guys are playing off of each other, Pearl. I feel like they're using their highly competitive juices in different ways. Um I think they are, and I think the rest of us that like to watch golf and follow golf cannot wait for the showdown because it's coming I can't in a wait. big way. I can't Tiger wait. Tiger wants that another that next major. Phil wants that U.S. Open. It's at Pebble, one of Tiger's favorite places. Obviously, one of Phil's favorite places. Who knows where the showdown is going to happen? And sometimes when it gets built up, and it will be built up for Pebble, maybe it's there, maybe it's somewhere else. I don't care what tournament's in. I'm looking for mano a mano, baby. Set it's it going to be fun. Let's set it up. Phil has won the AT&T tournament five times. Five's a good number, right? Good or take, give or take. He's won five. No, he has. <laughs> Tiger, I don't know this as well. Tiger won the U.S. Open. Not the last time it was there. Graham McDowell won the last yeah. time it was there. But Tiger Woods won the U.S. Open by 15 shots. Mm-hmm. It's on. Absolutely, and and that's he went to Stanford. He knows the area. There's there's a whole a whole lot going on. It's a major. Phil's wanting that. He can't. You know, there's only so many more majors. Even Phil's going to be able to compete in. This is clearly one of the last couple, three maybe something like that that he can clearly compete in. 
do you think Tiger would like to be the one to keep him off of winning oh, the career slam? I can promise you he would. <laughs> I can promise you he would. One of the things that I thought was interesting when the match came up and one of the things Tiger said, he's like, you think you could be in Phil's head? And Tiger says, boys, I've been in Phil's head for the last 20 years. He goes, just look at the W total. And we talked about this. I think that we need to to have this distinction. Two great players, Hall of Fame players, undoubtedly. But in my opinion, not quite in the same level. Well, that's because nobody's in Tiger's level. 80 wins. Only one person, Sam Snead's got more wins, and Tiger, I believe, will will knock off that uh, knock Sam off from that perch. I do not believe, however, that Tiger's going to win more majors than Jack Nicklaus. I do not see Tiger winning four more majors. I don't know what your opinion is. However, my opinion is every time I count him out, he proves me wrong. So I'm afraid to throw it out there again. Of course, I, I think. Of course, I think. Of course, I think I agree with you. But at the end of the day, literally every time I've counted this guy out, he's same. Yeah. I mean, I ate the crow. I had to eat the crow. When he came back and won, he, he got his back fused. So I think the guy's done, and he's got more speed now. But, you know, Phil, let's talk about the two careers. 14 majors for Tiger and 80 tour wins. Phil Mickelson, 44 PGA Tour wins and five majors. So he's not quite half as good. Look, it has to be It has to be noted. He's, he's great, but it's not the same. And – and that's with ten. How many years of injury for Tiger? Right, is included in that. Right, I mean, well, you can look see. Well, you know, he he first started dealing with the injuries at you know, right around eleven, twelve, something like that, and didn't play. I mean, he missed at least three years. Yeah, significantly. Stanley three. still has his numbers. Hey, great players. I think it's an interesting thing you throw out there, and I think all it says is he's in that that elite elite of all time couple players. Nicholas, you said Snead. Him, that's an that's a whole different. There needs to be a separate uh, Hall of Fame type designation for those guys. So I did a little research, Pearl. Okay. Let's talk about Tiger's chances of winning a major at, and you know Phil for that matter too. Phil's five years older, but hell, Tiger's forty three years old. We got a list of players that have won majors after forty three. Okay, who are they? At 43 years of age, you've got Raymond Floyd, old Tom Morris, Julius Burroughs, Ben Crenshaw, Phil Mickelson, won the Open Championship at 43, and a fellow named Ted Ray in 1920. Okay, a pretty big list. Yeah, but you're going back a long way to get some of those names. Oh, we had to dig. We did. We we. And I, mean, then, I, like, and Ted, then, I t- like Ted Ray in that uh, movie Golf Channel always plays, but uh, that's the only thing I've ever heard of him before. Well, we can we can start it. Then we can we can shift to the top end of the spectrum. The oldest person to win a major championship was Julius Burroughs in 1968. He won the PGA Championship at 48 years old. What a beauty that guy was! You know, that was one of my first. Before I knew the game, I had, my first putter was a Julius Burroughs putter, and I just loved that. My father would always speak so fondly of how he perceived Julius Burroughs as a player, and you know, just kind of this smooth, silky. Uh, kind of fun guy to watch that yep. way. Nothing, nothing ruffled his feathers. You, you got to know his, his, is that Extreme his, is his son? Yes, guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. guy Burroughs, and another, he, he was just cut straight out of that swatch. I mean, just, uh, just amazing how he, uh, he, he, he just looked like he was born in the guy looked like he was born, you know, forty years too late. Yeah, he just he should have been more, you know, playing back with. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> There's so some funny hard, stories. So, hard so we to, can't tell on the no, radio. we probably shouldn't tell on the radio. And he's a great guy, too. Great guy. Terrific guy. Great hands. Swings just like his dad. Um, but let's go on. Jack Nicholas won the Masters, yep. his sixth Masters at 46 years old. Then you have Jerry Barber. We could tell some stories about Jerry Barber in our UCLA days, but we'll, we'll skip those. He won the PGA Championship in 61. But Hale Irwin in 1990 at 45 years old, won the U.S. Open. Small list, Pearl. Yep. But we're talking about some of the who's who that have been around this game, and it wouldn't surprise either one of us if you threw Tiger Woods' name in there one more time. So what's what's it saying on here? So what was the last time that happened? So it was uh, Phil in 2013? Phil, I got that Phil, right? Yep, Phil won the the Open Championship. So even so, we're talking six years ago. So it doesn't happen very often. No, it does not happen very often, and and uh, but it does happen. And you're talking about a generational type player. I think when we were distinguishing about Phil, you know, Phil's great career. Tiger's a more once in a lifetime to mm-hmm. me. You know, once every hundred years or so, somebody comes by like Tiger, and um, so there's definitely um, opportunities. I mean, one thing that we talked about, I don't know how many times in the show, deserves mention again, is Tom Watson nearly pulled off yeah. the most incredible feat. It would have been pro. I would say this. Obviously, we're a golf show, and I'm partial, but in all sports. If he would have won the, the Open Championship at 59 years old, he was one bounce on the 18th hole away from doing it. And... Uh, it's remarkable what he did and and how it all played out. One of the injustices in sports, as far as I'm concerned, because the guy hit a perfect tee shot. He absolutely pured his second shot, thought all the right things, and somehow that son of a gun just bounced, what, two feet too hard. If it, and, and how about our hearts when it sunk when we knew all of a sudden now he's in this chipping position, which is his Achilles heel at this stage or at that stage. Which, by the way, he was one of the best I'd ever seen. At some point. When he was in his prime. Yeah, but we, we all knew his, when he was sitting back there, and he's got to be thinking too. I don't think he could have just about hit it anywhere else but that kind of froggy-haired, funky, chippy, touchy shot, and you go like, oh, uh, no. Girl. But I don't know. That's why I just hate it because he had such a great shot. It never should happen. It's not like he got up there and choked and, and did it. He, no. He kind of did everything he thought and kind of got that funky bounce. Things happen. Right. Well, so what are the, some of the things, though, Jay, that keep people from getting from getting to that, that being able to play at that super high level 43 and above? What are some things that are kind of keeping them from doing that, you know, injury wise, body wise, no question, Pearl. Keeping no enthusiasm wise, I don't know what they are. All of it. How about how about just uh, staying motivated? Yeah. You know, because on the current PGA Tour system, if you've been on tour this long, I mean, you look at a guy like Jim Furyk. It's a great career, sort of. You know, won a major U.S. Open at Olympia Fields and things like that. On fifty, sixty million dollars. There's no telling. Untold amount of millions of dollars. How do you keep that motivation? Let's just talk about that. You know, we got to take a break. We got a lot of other things we want to cover on here. One of the things is the longevity that golf provides athletes nowadays, and what that's doing to change the uh, landscape of the PGA Tour and the rest of us non-athletes. That's right. Well, that's going to wrap up the back nine. Golf with Jay Delsing, one hundred and one ESPN. 
Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing. They've been around since 1973, and it's been family-owned and operated the entire way. Father Danny Capps started it all. Now sons Matt and Jared are fully involved. And at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, they host the area's largest selection of Lazy Boy and Flex Steel furniture. Plus, you'll find a full-service Mohawk Color Center featuring carpet, hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. Everything is professionally installed at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, plus easy to Delivery and setup of new furniture, however and wherever you want it. They'll also haul away all of your old furniture. Can't beat that deal. Going the extra mile, that's what Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery is all about. Find them online, jerseyvillecarpetfurniture.net, or call them 618-639-9858. Most people think to get fit, you've got to be in the gym five days a week. Well, I used to think that too, but that was before I discovered 20 Minutes to Fitness. 20 Minutes to Fitness makes it possible to achieve in one 20-minute session a week what might require three hours or more a week at the gym. It reduces the time it takes to exercise by up to 90%. Their trainers can get you in shape no matter what your age or fitness level. They do it using special equipment and safe, medically-based approach. And all it takes is 20 minutes once a week. Honestly, 20 minutes once a week. Sound too good to be true? Your first session is free, so try it and see for yourself. They've got locations in Clayton and Chesterfield. To learn more, visit 20MinutesToFitness.com. 20 Minutes to Fitness. It's just 20 minutes just once a week, and it works for me. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can get involved in the show by emailing your questions and comments to jay at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I've got John with me, and we are headed to our favorite segment, the 19th hole. And, uh, Pearl, let's just let's just jump right back in where we left off uh, on the back nine. This is a classic 19th hole segment, if you think about it. It, it, it just, really this is. This kind of thing, really after is. a round of golf, yeah. we banter back and forth. Who's going to play great in later years? Why can they? Why can't they? What are the injuries? How do you sustain all this? Yeah, so first of all, we got to talk about the longevity in a career that golf affords the the, the players, and it's it's already affecting the type of player that's playing on the tour. You're seeing better athletes, pro. You're seeing guys that, and 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 it's not lost on me that it has a lot to do with the money, because money motiv- motivates a lot of us in a lot of different ways. And you get these young kids that want to go in the NFL or want to go play ML, you know, Major League Baseball, and then they're like, man, I can. I can make the same amount of money, maybe not quite as much, but still untold number of millions of dollars for a much longer time. And that's that's a big deal. Well, you keep mentioning athletes, but I think that's part of the beauty, and that's part of why you even wanted to do this show, the longevity for the rest of us, the, 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 the club player. Right. Uh, the guy that likes to go play, uh, you know, find some public course and go whack it around. We can do that when we're uh, teenagers, and we can keep on going out there when we're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Uh, uh-huh. That's a huge beauty of the game. 100% pearl. And, the, and, and one of the things that this show is about, it's growing the game. It's also about this is a game of a lifetime and just because i haven't played a tour event a champions event in two years i still play i still enjoy it i still have my business i still connect with people i still feel so grateful that i have it and it's you know there's so many different aspects that splinter off you know okay so i was fortunate enough to be one of those guys that got to play on tour 
you know, you didn't play on tour, but you still love the game. You still use it in various Absolutely. aspects of your life. You connect with people in special ways through it. It's, 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 it's terrific. And um, one of the things that needs to be mentioned is how hard it is to have a long career. I mean, so let's think of it this way, folks. We've got 125 jobs on the PGA Tour. So let's break that down and compare it to the other sports. Major League Baseball has 30 teams and 25-man roster. I'll let Pearlie do the math, but that's going to be somewhere over, you know, 600, 700 athletes that are playing MLB. NFL, 32 teams, 53 people on the roster. Bigger numbers. NHL, 32 teams, 24 people on the roster. Right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about much bigger numbers. Anyway, and the NBA has 30 30 teams-ish, and there's – five players on the court, but still 10 players on the roster. So there's still more. There's just small numbers here. And then think of the feeder systems that we have now. So the PGA Tour, unlike when I was playing, this is the world tour. It could easily be called the world PGA Tour because we have we have guys playing from all over the world. This is not just a U.S. tour. Okay? And that when you open it up to the world, I mean, okay, we've got – what, 350, 400 million people in the U.S., and how many billions of people in the world? So we're talking about just a much bigger pool to— So part of the longevity is just that competition that can just knock you out. You might physically still be there, mentally, emotionally, wanting to be out there. Yeah, I heard you talk about this all the time. You had so many great things about your, your tour career, but you didn't win. But you would always say, if I'm not improving a lot each year, I can't even stay out here, let alone win. And that's where I was going. So let's say you take a guy and let's say you continually finish 100th on the money list. And people are like, yeah, that's not very good. You know what? Beg to differ. Every year, there are how many, Pearl, of the best young players coming out of college Going out on the web.com and on the PGA Tour, how many would you say? 50? Something like that. And we know they don't all make it, but we're talking about a natural feeder system that it's just only, looking— Only the uh, strong survive, man. It, it's it's like the, the, the wild kingdom out there, and uh, there's so much incentive to go out and make it, and they're coming in with the diff- different technology, the different mindsets— uh, and you can see that how guys are playing. I can remember years ago, I looked at a about a 10-year period of time after you and I had kind of turned professional and started identifying how many new guys really established themselves out there. Over a 10-year period, it came to approximately one and a half. Right. Not, not many. It's just cutthroat. It is. But there's always, then there would be spurts where a bunch of people would get bumped off. But for that longevity, to hang in there, all those different aspects have to be there and the constant improvement. It's a life thing. You can't be running a business. You can't be running your life if you're not kind of a life learner these days, if you're not buying into technology, improving yourself. Adapting. It, 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 absolutely. And it translates. I mean, that's that's beauty of golf. It kind of has all those life aspects in it. Well, you know what, Pearl? The thing, you know, competition and um, – I don't want to say um, commercialism, but the things that our countries were founded on, if if my product is more expensive and less quality, it, you know, the markets take care of yeah, you're themselves. Out. You're They're out. out. And you're it's out. the same way with golf. And you know what? At the end of the day, you know what I loved about the game? What did you shoot? 
It wasn't, oh, so-and-so didn't play me. Oh, he doesn't like me. I'm stuck behind a, a career all-star at my position, and they won't trade me. It was, what did you shoot? Were you prepared? Did you, you know, were you able to get it done? And your numbers spoke for themselves. And if you didn't, you had one place to look. And I always loved that. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, oh, my caddy. Th- yep. No. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that look in, the, look in the mirror, a lot of that reality. So, Jake, one of the questions I asked you when we were prepping for this is how many guys in the latter part of their career, though, are playing some of their best golf or making maybe the most money? They might still not be household names, but you threw out a couple. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about a really good buddy of ours, Scott Dunlop, who's having a just a robust Champions Tour career that no one had probably ever heard of playing a regular tour. And I will tell you this, Scotty is probably the best ball hitter controlling the golf ball, hitting the ball that I've ever played with. So why is that that he's seeing that much success? First of all, loves the game. The game is his life. Uh, but why is he seeing that success out there more so than he saw? He's always been a good player. He played always. tour for a long time, right. kind of a lot of secondary stuff, traveled yeah. all over. But why is he seeing that now, and how is he holding up so well? Well, I think he takes good, very good care of himself. He's uh, never been married. He's that's like you big, said, that's a big that's, deal. That's, what that's what are big, you trying to imply there? He's never been married. <laughs> <laughs> he has no children. You know, so yeah. look, look for me. So the focus has been there. Right. But for me, my daughters helped me. Yeah. It gave me such great perspective. I wouldn't, I would have never been able to play on tour as long as I did without the girls. Yeah. No way. They didn't care if I shot 69 or 79. They come off the course like, hey, Dad, can we go swimming? Let's mm-hmm. have a popsicle. That sort of stuff made it for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. It made it for me. But that was, that's not hit for him. Mm-hmm. He is a, um, Everything about golf. Everything about golf. He's got a very pragmatic approach. And Pearl, he was teeing up this Champions Tour career for quite a while. I'm glad you said that. So that was a that was a business goal of his. Not he a was, mistake. He, he was not a, oh, that's he didn't roll into this. That's he had been teeing this up and was like, I got this. Well, a lot of guys are looking forward to it, but you're saying he kind of went that next level and said that that's absolutely where I'm going to shine. So another player that we throw out there as far as longevity, everybody knows about it, Gary Player. Kind of epic what he does. Here's a world traveler. We talked about how hard that is, yet he's still in the shape he's at in, but I think works extremely hard at it across the board. I'm not sure that Gary fudges too much on any aspect, eating, taking care of himself, keeping his mind, you know, sharp, staying on the positive side, those types of things. Yeah, and, I, you know, I had the opportunity to, to – I was down at uh, – hanging out with my brother Bart. We were playing at Pine Tree, which is one of our favorite courses, and Gary was out there, and I, I took my brother over and introduced him to – and this guy, at almost 80 years old, was so engaging. And before you knew it, Pearl, there were 40 of us standing on the putting green at Pine Tree, and Gary was holding court. And I mean, you want to think that age, there was nothing but a number. It meant nothing. And every single person walked away and went, wow, man, this guy, that is really impressive. Hey, I don't want to leave out somebody everybody knows of all his success late, late in his career. Carl Spackler. We can't leave him out. Well, you know, he was a Cinderella boy. But let's talk about his preparation and how successful was he really, or was it simply in his mind? 
Remind everybody. We're talking about Bill Murray's uh, uh, character in my, one of my all-time favorite movies, Caddyshack, and uh, just just a spectacular character and really fun movie. Yeah, I mean, Carl's Carl's a classic, and kind of the beauty there and something that's important, and and I think the people that do sustain it, Carl had it in spades. In his mind, he was a superstar. Yeah. And he just saw it that way, his vision, his belief. So I'm not going to leave Carl out. I really appreciate you bringing that. We are an expansive show here. We want to cover every base. (laughs) If you win those majors with a weed whacker, that's saying something. Right. Right. Without ever touching a golf ball, too. That is impressive stuff. Um, well, what are you doing nowadays for you? You've had some foot issues. You've had some back issues. You still love yep. the game. You're going to play some com- some competitive uh, golf, I think, in, y- in your future. But what are you doing about it now? I'm going to the gym and doing my cardio three days a week. I'm lifting still. I'm, I'm probably uh, physically in the best shape of my life with in con- taking into consideration the surgeries that I've had, yeah. you know, what's your diet? Yeah, my diet. I've definitely, uh, I've definitely stopped eating red meat. I've done a lot of different things that I, I just feel much better. Your I've, head, your headspace, just kind of the, the the planning, the thinking of it, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, there's there's no question about it. I mean, I, I you know what, you know, Pearl, we're not the same as we were when we were 21, and and we have some familial uh, issues with my family and some of our DNA and things. And, and I'm learning that, you know, some of these things, I, I can't eat these things anymore. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. And I, and I don't want to, I, I'd, I'd rather feel better. And um, it's also this stuff like on the regular tour, this is the, the diet and things like that is stuff that these players are all about. They're up into all of this thing because for them, there's so much on the line. And for me, I just want to keep playing. Right, and you're seeing, I mean, there's an end out there, right? There was an end to the regular tour. There's an end to the senior tour. You know, we bumped into a guy at one of the clubs you play around here who just stopped by the table and started talking about that he doesn't get to play golf anymore. He's a little bit older gentleman and how much he misses it. And I think those types of things really plug in and say, hey, what are we going to do so we can keep on playing? Now we're not playing as good as we used to play, but what can we do to get out there, get out there with our friends, enjoy the outside, enjoy the fantastic golf courses in the St. Louis area? Um, what are we going to do about that? And, you know, sometimes that's right in front of our faces, and it's an important thing. And it doesn't, you don't have to be 60, 70 to be work, work, worrying about that. We have to keep whatever age, keep ourselves in shape so we can really enjoy this game. Yep, we got to keep the body moving. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to stay limber, try to stay as flexible as we can. And, um, oh man, we could talk about this yep. for we on should, and we on next time, uh, too. Well, John, Pearlie, thanks so much for being with me. And, uh, gosh, it was great spending the morning with you. And um, Big Sis, thanks for running the board and keeping us on track here and getting us through another show. And we can't wait for this weather to uh, keep heading in the right direction and get out and play a little bit. Man, it'll be great. That'll do it for Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday from 7 to 8 for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jdelsinggolf.com. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. 
New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.